You're listening to the private podcast for The Matrix with Amber Smith. Welcome to the content creation workshop. I like these calls to be interactive. So for you ladies who are here at the end of my little teaching segment, for sure, I want to, you know, brainstorm and work through content with you. I also think if you're just watching the replay, this will be something you come back to. I don't think I've articulated content this way. So I'm excited to kind of break it down regarding like your brand, your personal brand, and how your content is like a natural expression of who you are online. That's kind of my take. So let's jump in. Your brand, you'll see like I have a lot of ideas that I want you to consider. We're going to go through each of them. The way that I see your brand is embodied wisdom. For most of you, almost all personal brands, especially coaches, have this evolution. You have a problem. You solve the problem and you're like, I want to teach this to someone else. You have a problem. You find coaching. You like love being coached. You want to share the coaching gift with the world, right? Like that's kind of how it goes. I think a lot of industries are like this, but especially like online, one person, businesses, coaches, website designers, like whatever it is that you used to struggle with, you learn the skills, you develop beliefs, like you expanded what you thought was possible, something changed in your life, you got results. I call that embodied wisdom. And then you decide to share it. For a lot of us, we kind of like hit a plateau where the only way for us to continue to grow, like personal development, is to teach other people about it. And so I like thinking of my content as sharing my embodied wisdom, the stuff that I've done. There's a great book that I want to recommend to you if you haven't read it. I've mentioned it before. It's called The Millionaire Messenger by Brandon Burchard. It was like the first book that he had lines of questions throughout the book that really helped me see. I already have everything I need to teach it to others. And that's your brand. The reflection of all your growth, your ideas, that's a huge part of what your brand is online. So then the questions you'll see me listing out under embodied wisdom is like, what did you want to struggle with that now you want to help other people overcome or create? Some of you have already figured that out. I think your brand continues to evolve as you do. It's like, what do you love learning about? What have you done in your own life? What have you helped other people do? What do people ask you advice about? What feels really easy for you to talk about? My one tip is that you don't want to overthink this. The next section is the intersection of ideas. What I want to make the case for is the niche idea. So sometimes I think when we think like, oh, I need to like refine my niche. I think actually going general can be really helpful. So I wanted to take a second and talk about like the eternal markets, which are health, wealth, relationships, and happiness. And I think the subtopics that fall underneath those eternal markets is how your brand comes to life. I think this also speaks to market sophistication, which we're all up against, right? Back in the day, someone could put up an ad that's like lose 20 pounds and two months with this pill and people would be like, five zero, <laughs> Or like, come to my online class where we'll talk about communicating in your marriage better and have the best marriage ever. And it was like, join here and people would just do it. Like in the beginning of online business, that's kind of how things were. I was not in business at the time, but I remember being like a consumer. It felt very like, I don't know, just basic is the word that comes to me, but that is not where we're at now, as you guys know. It takes a little bit more skill and persuasion and powerful storytelling and like very compelling people to actually get us interested. We're kind of snobby. That's what we're up against. And so I think 
when we intersect our ideas and we realize our own curiosity, our own preference, our own desires, our own intrigue creates a very unique to you brand, I don't think you have to overthink it. So one of the people that I like to study, his name is Naval, and he has this quote, and I'm going to butcher it. Basically, the idea is he hopes that one day, you know, there'll be like 8 billion people and there'll be 8 billion businesses. Because the way that we bring to life our own ideas and teach it or share it is totally unique. And the thing that you guys have heard me talk about before is like, don't try to be like this profound, totally unique person. Your own intrigue, stories, like what you've gone through makes you unique. You don't need to like have this totally custom niche. It's okay to call yourself like a health coach or a fitness coach or a mindset coach or like a hormones coach. Or like you don't have to be this so niche down because that's what is expressed in your brand. Like what you call yourself is not your brand. What you demonstrate online is. So I'm going to have you pick. I would say two to five subtopics if it feels aligned. If you just want to like listen, that's totally fine. But I think if you want to bring it to life today, list out two to five subtopics. I like three. I don't think it has to be three. I like three to triangulate my ideas. If you have more, great. And if not, that's okay. I think two would be enough to get started. So some of the examples I shared if I was like creating avatars for a specific brand, right? Example one is like marriage, communication, and mindset. Those are the three like subtopics of a brand. Hormones, habits, and nutrition, a brand. You guys can start to feel it come to life. Online business, money, mindset, spirituality. And I was going to write one more and I forgot. You can see the comments. <laughs> you see these brands online. And so you can almost like deconstruct your own brand. And I think what this allows you to do is not feel pigeonholed, not feel stuck in one thing, but you can see it as like an active evolution as you continue learning, let's say about marriage and communication and mindset. It gives you room to grow and to expand your ideas because I really believe personal brands just continuously evolve. I know for me, I've made so many pivots and it used to feel like I was doing something wrong because I used to like compare myself to businesses like Target. Target doesn't pivot, but we're not talking about that kind of brand. We're talking about like a one person business brand, a coach, like a personal coach brand, especially like if you're working with people one on one or small groups. You don't have to worry about like confusing people. It's a natural evolution and that's perfect. I think the subtopics help you see how it could grow. I think the subtopics can change as well. As an example, when I got started, I would say my subtopics were like happiness, decision making, and habits. Those were kind of the three things that I would work on with people. Communication. And then I started working with like moms, like motherhood was one of my subtopics. And they have definitely evolved. And that's okay. I think following your natural curiosity is the way to do this. I think in general, having a list of subtopics can help you stay focused. Like, especially if you struggle coming up with content, I think this is a good place to start. Especially with the second slide, we're going to talk about like ethically stealing people's ideas for content. It gives you an idea to like what to research, what to study, who to follow so that you know, like how to kind of spark those ideas. So on the upper right, I say your content is an expression of your brand. Some questions that I like to have front of mind is what is the ultimate result I am working on in my own life and business? Where am I trying to go? And it doesn't have to be this profound thing. It's like more financial freedom to make different choices, to take my family on vacation. Maybe it's like time freedom. I want to work on my own time. I want a loving family. I want to be able to be the kind of mom that I want to be, right? Like these general statements. And then also, what is the ultimate result? What are the ultimate results you are leading your audience toward? 
So you use your subtopics to come up with the short form, the medium form, and the long form content. In case that's confusing to you, short form is like single posts on Instagram or shorter reels. If you're on LinkedIn, it would be like a smaller post. If you're on Facebook, it would be a shorter post. Medium form might be like a carousel post where they're swiping through and reading longer or a longer reel, like a 90 second reel versus like 15 second reel. And then long form emails, newsletters, podcasts, and live streams. I wanted to share, depending on where you're at in your business, I think if you're in the beginning, short form is like your bread and butter. Just get practice publishing content. Don't worry about starting an email list yet. Don't worry about a podcast yet if you're at the very beginning. If you're seasoned, in my experience, the long form is where my clients hang out before they jump into my world. They're reading my emails. They're listening to my podcast. They're engaged on social media too, but I think most of my like clients who are ready to go are in the long form because those are the kinds of people who are super interested in what you have to do. So I like to think of business like a cake and your cake evolves. Like in the beginning, my cake was like basic little cake. It was like Instagram posts, consult with me, client. That is how I grew my business. Over time, I added a podcast in and now I have different tiers of like programs and offers. And that comes, I think, in your ability and your capacity growing as you practice being a brand online. I said all these should be related and should tie back to your brand, which is like the three to five subtopics that we discussed. The other thing that I wanted to say is this is a huge one is creating as your future self. You guys know I teach the be do have model. I think this is a huge part of it. Almost like a secret that like what makes my business work. I'm always deconstructing so I can teach it to you guys. And I think one of the things that I do is I've always created as the next iteration that I can really believe in and imagine for myself. So it's almost like, sounds weird, but like, do you guys remember like the video game Sims where people would like invent their lives? That's how I see online business. It's like, okay, like I want to create myself in this digital world. What avatar do I want to like become? How does she think? How does she create content? And the question, how are you creating content and presenting it right now? Who are you being when you create it? Were you being someone who was nervous, intimidated, new? Or were you being a six-figure earner? Were you being the seven-figure CEO or the fully booked coach? Whatever next iteration resonates for you. Think of your online presence like a creative outlet for practicing being who you want to become. Like I said, if this is like Sims in real life, you get to decide how you present yourself online. And I think our content is one way, obviously, like showing our face and what we talk about. All of it goes into representing your brand online. Content is just like what people interact with. But I think who you're being when you create it is important. So like note to self, when you sit down, have like a little trigger. I don't know. You can play around with this for what this might be like for you. But it's like maybe it's an image or like a word. I have like a vision board. You guys can see it. I'm like pointing to my bookshelf. I have a vision board where I can see it. A destination that is meaningful to me. It might not be meaningful to anyone else. But I know what it represents, right? I know the kind of person that is represented in those images. It's helpful for me when I create content. I think if we try to create content from the person who's like never built a brand before or not in business, it's so easy to be like, well, I'm not a business person. Just recognize like that's you choosing to be in that moment and you can choose to be someone else, the person that you'd like to become. And I think the content flows so much more powerfully when you do that. So ethically steal content ideas. This was huge for me. Maybe you've heard this term before. It's called funnel hacking. From Russell Brunson. It was the first person that really planted that idea in my head that like I could research people, use their ideas and make it my own. 
So the line that I liked at the beginning is like, who's already doing what you want to do? Stealing from one person is plagiarism. I do not recommend taking someone's identity, copying their colors and their texts and their offer titles. And like, well, that's not what I'm talking about. But this is something I learned when I was in college. When I wrote a research paper, I would steal ideas from lots of people, curate it, synthesize it, add some of my own language and my own ideas. And that was a research paper. I want to make the case like that is how you build a brand. That is how you create content that's meaningful. Emulation is really powerful. So stealing from many people and referencing them in your work is research. You guys know, what am I always doing? I did it at the beginning of this call. Read Millionaire Messenger by Brendan Burchard. I'm always referencing books I'm reading. And that doesn't make me less of a powerful coach or leader. I think it actually helps you see like I do the work. I'm a student too. And I don't pretend ideas are mine when they're not mine because I don't think that makes me less influential or less helpful. I actually think pointing you guys in the direction of more resources is helpful to you. And you can do the same thing. So for your to-do, list three to five people. And if you don't have these people, this is your homework because you're going to research these people. I'm going to show you how. I pulled up Instagram to show you like literally how I do this. <laughs> list three to five people who are doing what you want to do at the level you can truly see yourself at in the next 12 months. I don't think it would be helpful to look at what Tony Robbins is doing. Maybe this is a limiting belief, but I'm like, I don't think I could do what it's doing in the next 12 months. Someone I can really believe in. I see what they're up to and I'm like, I could be doing what she's doing. Then I start to deconstruct. How are they doing what they are doing? So these are the questions I like to think, what are they writing about? How are they writing it or speaking it? I look for their hooks, their stories, their offers, their formatting, the length, their frequency. Not because I'm going to like do everything that they do. Because I'm researching lots of people. I'm like bringing it together and I'm picking and choosing like what resonates? How could I do this in my own way? Does this fit for my current phase of life, my season of life? Which if you guys are registered for the masterclass later today, we're going to talk a lot about like understanding where you're at and what you actually want. How can you emulate them? Use your own words, your brand voice, your stories, the paradigm, like so your belief system, the way you see life. You're bringing it all together. Maybe you do take an idea from like, We'll do it because I have Instagram pulled up so I can show you like literally how I do this. I'm like spilling the secrets. You guys are going to like follow some of the people that I reference. And be like, oh, yeah. Amber's like ethically stealing their ideas. Like, yeah, I am. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you about the first time I did this. I listened to a podcast by Rich Litvin. You guys know I love him. And he talked about this like boutique business idea. And the way that he describes the boutique business is like expensive, not for everyone, and like kind of small. And I was like, that really resonates for me. And at the time, I had been studying people like Russell Brunson, who I resonate with for a lot of things, but he built this like mega corporation, this huge business. And Rich Litton demonstrated this like other way of doing business. And so he had offers listed on his website. And I was like, okay. And I had just read the book, The Prosperous Coach. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do my version of this because I resonate with how he does business. You guys can do this too in so many creative ways. But if you look at me, it's not like I'm copying Rich Litvin. So I think if you had any fear about like stealing and being like called out for doing what someone else is doing, like I said, as long as you're not just stealing or being inspired by one person, this is why I like reading books and podcasts and like being a true student where I'm researching lots of people. And then I spend time writing. I spend time thinking about what I think and how I am interpreting what's meaningful for me in relation to what I'm learning. 
I think that this is how you become a powerful personal brand. I like the word curate a lot. So curate different ideas from a few different sources. Have fun putting it all together in your own way. And of course, test out your ideas, I think is the biggest one. So the only way you're going to know if something resonates is to test it. So that's why I love content. It's like testing in real time. If you're not sure what resonates for your people, try it. Publish something. Send it. Let's see how they engage. And as you collect data and you start to pay attention to what people respond to, do more of that and do less of the things that get no engagement. No one asks you questions about it. I'll give you an example of an offer. I think it works for offers as well as just free content. I had an offer that I made years ago called The Coach Evolves. And the idea was like a lot of clients of mine, like maybe they've been life coaching. They're like, I think I want to work with entrepreneurs as their like mindset coach. I think I want to work with creators. And so my offer was for people who wanted to go from like life coaching, stay at home moms, life coaching, whatever. I mean, that's not bad, but like this was my own evolution, pure life coaching into like coaching business owners, entrepreneurs, people who have like, you know, they're creators of some sort. And I was going to teach them how to make that transition. And I got one sign up, the client who I gave a discount code to. (laughs) I thought people would love it. And I tried it and it completely flopped. But what it taught me is that people didn't want that. And so I use that. I was like, okay, people don't resonate with that because what I found is people have big hearts for the people that they feel called to serve, that they don't necessarily want to do what I do. They want to do what they want to do. They want to be a fitness coach or a hormone coach. And I think that was really important for me to learn. And I had to fail to find this out, but like that was helpful for me. And so if you're afraid of trying something and failing, just know literally everyone that you respect has done that. Literally everyone that you look up to in the way that they present their brand, the way that they speak has failed probably 10 times, 100 times more than you. And so don't see it as something to avoid. See it as something to like lean into. This is like a game, like a, an experiment. And so as you're putting together your ideas and like you're trying things out in your content or in your offers, just look for the feedback and then continue to evolve and pivot and you know research more. <laughs> because I think that is how we create the content that resonates is we publish it, look for feedback continue to learn, continue to gather our research and like synthesize it in our own way and share it and see if it resonates. Repeat, 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 repeat. So one of the things that I'm going to tell you that I think makes this whole thing so much easier is to learn to love this process. Learn to love collecting ideas, gathering information, which a lot of you already do. You're sure this is like one form of that and spend time thinking about it and curating it and playing with ideas and publishing them and innovating and pivoting over time. Like that's online business, personal brand in a nutshell. And so I was getting this ready yesterday and you might've seen my post. You are the brand. Me versus Target is so different. I'm allowed to pivot and grow as much as I want to. So is my business. So is my content. Your growth, evolution, and curated research becomes the message or your content. Documenting your journey insights along the way becomes your marketing. Like what you're reading, how you're helping clients, what you're researching in aggregating your data and your ideas and your books and podcasts and all the things that you're learning. You're documenting what you are learning from those things and your ideas and frameworks that come from that research. Your embodied wisdom, and I use that word intentionally, I'll go back to that, and growing expertise and skills become the products or services that you sell. And I use the word embodied very important because I think sometimes I see people try to sell things that they're not ready to sell and it flops. And they're like, why did it flop? Because I think people can sniff out if you've actually done something or not, or if you can actually help. 
So I like to use the word embody. It's something that you've truly done for yourself or help other people do. And you're not just like lying about it. I don't think any of you guys have this problem. But I wanted to say embody because I'm always like, is this something that I really feel like I can teach? Then I know that I got the green light within my own mind. Content is how you do all of this in real time. And I wish I'd started creating content like so long ago because I was so nervous. Like I remember I used to write a blog and publish it on my Facebook page. Like this was how I started creating content. My blog was called Growing in Grace. And I was so afraid of having like my own personal brand that I really hid behind my blog, basically. And the idea back then was like, I'm going to monetize my blog. I took a course about like how to make money online. It was like, get ads on my blog. And when people do it, do you make money? It's so funny now because that doesn't resonate at all for me. That's how I got started. And I wish I had started creating personal brand content with my face, my stories, my ideas. Instead of like behind this, almost like this could have been written by anyone. That's kind of how my blog started. What I want you to really see is like as you're bringing in all these ideas and you're researching how to format it and how often to post and like how to write in a compelling way to get people to take action. All these things are skills you can learn. They don't come naturally to anyone. You will grow in a way that is like you, your face, your ideas, your story is the personal brand and your content is how people engage with it. So I think it's so important to see the connection. So I really like the holistic psychologist. And if you look, you can deconstruct her content as a way to help you create better content. So one of the things that when I started researching her, she brought up symptoms of people, like what people were going through in their real life that they would read it and be like, this is me. So like this one, childhood trauma makes intimate relationships overwhelming because our body goes into panic when we get close to someone. Someone who has childhood trauma is going to be like, this is me. And so it's just interesting. Let's look at her hook story offer on the side. You might feel super comfortable in friendships or with coworkers. It's like, yes, tell me more. I feel myself like I want to keep reading. But when you get into a romantic relationship, something is different, right? Like you can see how she's speaking in a certain way. You can even look at how spread apart, right? She doesn't just write a big paragraph. It's like spread apart. This is pretty common practice, but like you can deconstruct that too. Maybe we can look at a different one. This is a very trendy attention grabbing type of post. And you can see her caption spread out. There's definitely paragraphs, but it's still like spread out in a way that it makes your brain happy. You want to write in a way that makes your client's brains happy. This is separate from this longer paragraph. You could also look at like how she's writing. Okay, we'll do this with another person. Let's do Christina LeCare, I think is how you say her name. This is also someone who I like to read. I think I shared this post, actually. <laughs> if you only believe in yourself when you have evidence that it's working, do you even believe in yourself? kind of punchy there's like a list of questions so it's a carousel post like i want to read all of them and then see how her caption is spread out her hook it's easy to feel good when things are flowing it's easy to show up for your work when business is clearly growing but how do you show up how do you move and who do you be in the gaps and she has like sixty thousand followers so like obviously people resonate with how she's writing you guys know this isn't about being viral I mean, not that I'm against going viral. That's not the point. But I think the idea is like, how can I learn from people who are ahead of me in business or ahead of me in doing what I want to do and deconstruct their stuff? Does it come to mind for any of you? Do you guys want to research them? Break it down? <laughs> I like Dan Co as well. Very different. All three of these people have very different feelings, right? So he just very punchy, right? You cannot advance to a higher phase of life until you learn the lesson that current phase is trying to teach you. This is short work. And then a very short 
caption. Kind of interesting. There's not like a right way. It's worth it to like look at like what resonates about these people that I like because I think there's a lot of information for you. So I shared some of mine. Those are the people that I like to study and research among a lot. But those are the ones that came to my mind for this workshop. And so I look at all these things. How are they writing it? Hook, story, offer, formatting, length, frequency. What kind of offers go along? How often do they talk about their offers? Like you can just deconstruct this for yourself. And I think, like I said, it's not stealing from one person. It's looking at ideas and what resonates and picking and choosing how to fit it into your own brand and what ideas you want to play with in real time. Okay, what questions do you guys have? Or do you want me to help you with content? I'm ready. Oh, Jay, you made it. Hi, I'm so glad you made it live on a Wednesday. I know I like word vomited. There's a lot. So we talked about your brand is like a combination of embodied wisdom that you've experienced, the things that you've learned, the things that you've triumphed over, as well as like an intersection of ideas. We talked about like the subtopics that really make up your brand and how that leads to the content you create. Do we have questions? Do you want me to help you articulate your subtopics? Like, how can I help you right now? Because this is workshop style. So this is not me lecturing anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I obviously just came in. So. Yeah. I'm just kind of grasping a little bit of what you're talking about. But in terms of, I think where I am right now, and I already just picked up so much just in the two minutes that I just picked up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. So that's all amazing. I think where I know that my kind of next place to work on is I want to work on like my work with me page on my website. So the way that I had it set up originally was the call to action was essentially a consult call. And that was working great. I was actually fully booked, had lots of clients, uh, had lots of consult calls, great conversion, all of that. Then as I was getting full, I was like, well, maybe I want to change it. I was kind of like an application type of approach. So I did that. And since then, it has been, I mean, I think even just the word application, like I read it and I'm like, ew, I don't even like it. So I get that. And what I have on my work with me page right now is I feel like it's almost too much. Like there's three ways to work with me. You can work with me one-on-one. You can work with me in a group. You can do the binge breakthrough blueprint. And it's like, I would be confused. I wouldn't necessarily know where to go. So I think I'm trying to figure out how to take my work with me page to a place where, and I feel like I do want kind of one of two things, either somebody to call and get on consult call if they think they might be ready for coaching. Like I'm not at the point where I want to just talk to anybody and everybody. And I do have some kind of filtering questions in that anyway. Or if they're not ready, I do want them to kind of like know that the blueprint is available and they can, you know, that's kind of like an avenue into the world, I guess. So yeah, that's where I am right now. I like it. Okay. I think knowing what you want out of the page is really important. It sounds like you still want calls on your calendar being right? Right. And when I put that application up, I'm sure it was in the wording, but I essentially like turned off that faucet. I can clearly see that. So I definitely want to turn the faucet back on. Yeah. So because I believe this, it's so funny. I use the word application and it just stopped because you have to think about like, you have to think about the psychology of the person. Like maybe they heard you on a podcast. They saw a post of yours and they're like, oh, like, what does it look like? Oh, I'm not ready to apply. (laughs) And then like, what if I don't get chosen? Yeah. yeah. All of our clients have their own fears about not being a good enough client or it's not going to work for me because blank. Right. And so it's like they self opt out. And I can see I made the decision from 
oh, like I want to kind of slow it down a little bit. Like I am at this great place, but instead of like turning it down, I basically turned it off. And when I went back to read it from a, if I were a person coming to this webpage and I literally just did this a week or two ago, I was like, what's going on? Like if I were to read this page, if I, you know, put myself in a prospective client's shoes and I read it, I was like, oh, that doesn't, yeah. Yeah, so... I did the same thing and there's like copywriting messaging that you can tweak on the actual page. There's also technology. I don't know if you want to like have technology on your site, but I mean by technology is like a quiz or an intake form. I really like the word intake form for you. The client intake form where it's like, tell me about yourself. Rich Levin does like a deep coaching assessment, but it's like not sure where to start. Answer these questions and I'll be in touch with you about what I think would best serve you. Oh, that's such a good idea. Okay. It slows down and you're not just getting anyone, but I think it's still very inviting and intriguing. And maybe you even have it embedded in the website. They could see the questions right there. You only click their email address, you know, when they submit the page. I like that idea. Not sure. Start with my binge breakthrough blueprint. You could even have both. Like, not sure if you're ready to start coaching. Start with my binge breakthrough blueprint. Have you looked at Rachel Levin's website ever? I haven't. You know, I'm on his email list. And so I read his emails, but it's worth studying because like this is like take our deep coaching assessment. And when you click on it, like so engaging and you do it for your own clients. Right? Like he works with like really high level right. people that like what follows are the most powerful questions I know to help you transform your life and business. Like most things in life, they will only work if you playful out, hide nothing and hold nothing back. The future doesn't actually exist, but it can be created. Are you in? I was like, I'm in. I'm, I'm so- in, oh. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You come up with your own version. You know your clients. Like, you don't yeah. want to be like, you're not ready because you're not at a high enough level. Like, that's not the vibe. But I think you know how to speak to them in a way that would be like, hey, like, I think you're going to actually even enjoy answering these questions and help you have a transformation. Yes. And then not sure which option. Like, he said, fill out application. I like intake form or like a coaching assessment. I'm trying to give other words that you might like. Because this is what I do in real time. Like, Well, I love what he says here, too. It's like some of the most powerful questions. This will help us figure out how to work with you best or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Have I told you about Word? I haven't told word you about Word. 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 Oh, okay, we'll do Word. word, word. Hippo, yes. <laughs> I'm um, like, what are you doing on thesaurus.com? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> word Hippo. This is like what I do all the time, you guys. I'm like, ooh, like, I have an idea. But I don't want to use the word like assessment because I don't know. Maybe assessment feels a little bit like medical. I don't know if that resonates, but it feels like I'm going to get a grade. Yes. So maybe softer. I like the deep coaching assessment, but like I'm his ideal client. So it makes sense like that that appeals to me. I know creating safety is really important to you. Yeah. I know possibilities are important to you. So you want it to be that, I think, warmer. Yeah, totally. Yep. An investigation, an analysis, a probe, yeah, an inquiry. Inquiry is really good, yeah. You could play, you know. Yeah, I think inquiry is a great place to start. Yeah, I do too. And so it's client inquiry and they have a little form that they fill out. It's still very inviting. And even like the words you put before inquiry, we could play with. I know this is a scary first step. The inquiry allows me to know you better before we get started. If you're interested in, you know, blah, blah, blah. Fill out the inquiry here, something like that. Yeah. Okay. You might have the wording already yeah. on the page. No, we're not using the word application. Right. Yeah. I'll look through it and definitely keep in mind the lens of whoever's coming to the page and what they're probably 
if they're going as far as the work with me page, they're just understanding like what they're probably thinking and feeling in that moment and then kind of going from there. So, okay, that's super helpful. I will play with it and then I'll post it in Slack. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Just as a general rule of thumb for all of you guys, this wasn't like specifically for you. I think the principles are really important. One is where people coming from. I keep that in mind. Like if people are listening to my podcast and they opt in, it's a different opt in than the people who opt in for something from my Instagram. People might not know that. Or like if I'm sharing a sales page with someone or if someone asks me, like, do you have more information about your one-on-one offer? Like what I send them is something different depending on my relationship with them. If they're a returning client, if they're someone from one of my programs, I think it's good to know that you can really meet people where they're at. You don't have to formulate like one thing I say to everyone. One elevator pitch. Like, I don't think you have to do that. I think there's lots of ways to meet people where they're at. And even like what Jane described, the word application doesn't resonate for her clients. And I think that's part of like that tweaking and experimenting for you guys all to play with words that resonate for your clients to get the results that you want. So thank you, Jane, for using that as an example. Anyone else want to come on and ask questions or work through something live? Yes, Kristen. Hi. Hi. I'm like, I just can't pass up an opportunity to talk about this. So my topics. I love it. Yeah. So kind of the first ones that came to mind were mindfulness slash mindset somewhere in there. Yes. Spirituality and whole soul wellness. I like it. And now I'm just asking myself, do those? They're very similar. Yeah. That's okay. I want to play with this one a little bit. What do you mean by whole soul wellness? Like embodiment, also like taking care of your body. Like mind, body, spirit is another one that I've used a lot in my stuff because I feel like they are so intertwined. And that to me is what whole soul wellness is, mind, body, and spirit. Okay. So we have mind, spirit. Could we do body here? Because we have mindfulness or mindset, right? Yeah. When you talk about body stuff with clients... Or even when you think about writing it like in an email or creating a podcast, what kind of stuff do you talk about when you talk about body? Well, I think like as a yoga teacher, I just taught a class this morning about being grounded yes. and grounding your body to Mother Earth and things like that. Or like feeling things in your body, like processing emotion or regulating your nervous system. Also just self-care, like eat, sleep, move, breathe, those kind of things that I'll help you to show up in a more authentic way as you're caring for yourself. I think it's caring for your body. I think it's caring for your mind and for your spirit. So that's kind of how I approach body stuff. Yeah. Is it mostly like yogi philosophy? A lot of it. I don't use a lot of the yoga terms and stuff like that because I feel like they feel a little inaccessible to muggles. I don't know what you want to call them. Yes. (laughs) Civilians. So... I don't use that terminology, but it is that philosophy, a lot of it. Okay. Because I see like a huge intersection of spirituality and body with yoga specifically. But like, I think a lot of people would describe it as mindfulness. Yeah. Do you do like the model or like what kind of mindset work? Yeah, I do a lot of the model or based on the model. One of the things I like seem to come up on a lot of my calls is like, let's find the truth in the matter. Iron Katie like. <laughs> yeah. That's something that it's a focal point of a lot of my coaching. Okay, let's dig a little. Let's say so many people resonate with mind, body, spirit. Like, let's go a little bit deeper. Just like maybe different words. We could use word hippo maybe. (laughs) Not because this isn't enough, but I think 
okay, mind, body, spirit. Lots of people teach this. How does Kristen teach this? Like, what words do you use? It's just like one layer down. Awareness, mindfulness. I know that's a little different than mind, but I do. Oh, I like the distinction though. Being mindful of your mind, mindful of your life and what's going on. When I'm talking about your body, what do we talk about? Again, health-related or not health-related? Not super health-related. I mean, maybe like, I don't love the term self-care. I think it, I probably just have like the bad taste in my mouth over some of the stuff that I see. But placeholder for self-care. Yeah. Identity. I'm just kind of like throwing ideas of what what comes up all the time. Identity, truth. I'm going to put end suffering. I think that that's a huge thing that you do. Yeah. Talk about relationships. Yes. But I'm like, oh, they always go back to these other words. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yes, I I think that that's something that people would relate to as relationship because that's where I want to tie it to your content. Because I went through a phase in my business to help you explore what I'm doing, where I'm like, well, I help people with their identity in business. And that is what I do deep work. But like, how would I articulate that in a way that people are like, oh, yeah, well, I help people build their business. I help you with your relationships, but it's through these things. You're getting it. Once they're in the door working with you, they're going to see it's about their identity. It's about actually finding the truth. But like the cliche thing is like, imagine like putting it on your Instagram bio. You're like, I help people find the truth. They're going to be like, weird. She is weird. We always thought she was weird. (laughs) But if you're like, I help people build incredible relationships with themselves and others. Now it's like, oh, okay. Like I kind of get what you do. And then they understand the word identity and finding truths and all these things within, or even you can use it in your content, almost like the details. But this, what I'm doing right now, these subtopics is more like, what are you saying in your bio? What are like the big ideas that people get when they read your stuff? Yeah. And actually, that's one of the things I think I would love to have you do at some point maybe <laughs> with your miracle mind is to look at my content stuff and help me to see if I'm where I can like adjust that. But this is helpful. And so if I were coming up with those three words, I mean, I use mind, body, spirit all the time. I sometimes feel like it's overused and it almost. I actually think this is like one thing. So if I were to say your brand, it's like sharing insights about the mind, body, spirit connection, conscious relationships and identity work. We'll just use that. Like this is what I'm trying to flesh out for you. Like this is a brand. This is a Kristen brand in personal spirituality or something like that. I think mind, body, spirit is one thing because it is like grounded energy work, emotions, things like that. I think that's one, but you also help you with relationships. I just feel like it just came alive. Something like this. Now your content is about all of this. Relationships and communication. You can talk about grounding and taking care of your body. You can talk about how to align spiritually and what that looks like. Rituals, time alone, journaling, whatever. Now you have tons to talk about. Does it resonate? Yes. I feel like there's a little tweak somewhere that I'm playing with it. Got the Play-Doh out. Actually, like, mess with it. What doesn't feel totally like, yes? Maybe it's just the phrasing of, like, sharing insights. Maybe something a little bit more powerful than, like, just sharing insights. You know, like, helping people transform. Transform is a great word. Maybe it feels like a lot. I don't know if, like, heavy is the word, but it feels like. We're getting there to like what I do, but does it feel like it's all connected? I guess that's my question is like, oh, she does this and she does this and she does this. And it's like, how are these all connected? I guess I'm how they're all connected. Yes. 
if these are things that resonate with you, I connect all of these in my coaching. In my opinion, the bio is to get someone to keep following along. The mm -hmm. bio is not to book a consult today. Okay. So this is like something that you would put like in your bio. But is that what we're talking about? Right now, yes. I think bio is representative of like the overarching idea that you bring to the digital space. Because this is a content creation workshop, right? Why would someone want to keep reading your content? From the content, you nurture them and like maybe something rings out and in a post, hook story, offer me, if you want to experience coaching with me, sign up for a consult. But think about the people who aren't following you right now that could actually benefit from your coaching, but they have to be following along to see that call to action in a way that's meaningful to them, where they actually do something that you want them to do. Yeah, I like this. And then I'm like thinking, what do I even have on my bio? Okay, let's play a little bit, actually. Do you have any like sign of coach that you really resonate with? Like your next level, can we stalk her or him? Right. I wrote down some people that I like. It was kind of more like their content, but I like them for different reasons. Like there's one called the Creative Bodega. It doesn't have to be related to your niche. That's okay. Okay. I might follow her. Nope, I don't, but I've heard of her. Okay, let's dissect it. What do you love? Well, I don't love her colors. <laughs> That's okay. okay. But what I love about her content is it feels very authentic. Yeah. I'm saving her stuff all the time because she puts out serious value. Yes. So a lot of value that's relevant to you as yeah. a sole creator. You deconstruct that. Like, what does that mean for you and your clients? Yes. That it would be something that somebody would be like, I can see how this would help me. I want to save this. Or this is about me and my mother-in-law. This is about me and my spouse or me and myself, right? Yeah. And I'm, as I'm looking at it like this, I'm like, oh, this isn't like the vibe to it doesn't necessarily grab me. I but really like that's how it resonates from her brand. So now you can find someone else. Like, what vibe do you like? This is what I mean by like pulling it from different places. Yes. Right. So you might not love her colors, but you love the value, the relevant, practical value that makes you want to hit save the bubbles. Like, I always like, why did I save this? Like, what about this? I'm like, oh, I mean, I think I'm going to use this again. Yeah. I create for a client that they would want to use again. Like my, the 15 minute marketing a day thing on my Instagram, like uh, more saves than likes. Interesting, which, huh? But it's something that they will refer to over and over again. It's like a toolkit. So for you, it could be like grounding exercises for when you're feeling overwhelmed at home. Almost like a reference. Okay, tell me about a vibe you like. Like, let's play there. If you guys need to go, feel free to leave. Kristen, including you, if you need to go. No, I am good. I am good. Okay, I'm trying to think of. Do you like Deepak Chopra? I actually don't follow him. How is that? That's okay. Let's just look really fast. Because it's very spiritual minded, like mindfulness. Yeah, well, I can see like something like this. And I was just actually talking to, I have a client that she trades with helping yeah. me here and there with stuff. And I was just telling her like, this is so good because we were talking about, I said, I want to come up with my like templates that feel like you can just use these over and over again. And it's going to feel like me. And it's going to feel like you. Yeah. And I haven't found that yet. Like I've just kind of thrown it to her and said, just create something. Here's the stuff you just create. When it comes back and I was like, I don't know, that's not what I was quite thinking. But I also haven't given her enough direction. I do like kind of a little bit of the boho feel to it kind of has that clean, simple lines, which if you look at my stuff, it doesn't look like that because she's been creating this stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah. it's a little too cutesy for me, but that's okay. It's okay. 
So I'm just always like, hey, some is better than none. So whatever you do is great. I'm not going to. Yes. Don't stop publishing while you figure it out. Right. If you were to go to my Instagram, if you're to scroll down, you're going to see I experiment all the time. So like I go through phases. You can see what I'm up to right now. You can see what I'm experimenting with. It changed a lot. Yeah. And then you go down further. You can really see very different. Actually, I love all your stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah like your stuff you is beautiful. See it in real time, what it looks like to be like very different. And I've never made this a problem about my content. I just don't think it's useful to judge pivoting at all. Anyway, that's why I think experimenting is interesting. Like what resonates with your people? Because yeah. like, that's good information to know. Anyone else come to mind? Like I'm thinking the vibe for you. Even non-coachy accounts. Just like I really like the aesthetic of. I'm wondering if Amanda on the rise. I haven't looked at it from that viewpoint, but I like her stuff. Very simple. Kind of minimalistic. Yeah. But definitely has colors that she uses over and over again. Feels warm. Yeah. I love that you said that word because that's actually one word I want it to feel warm. But just feels like that needs to be part of. Yeah. The, look at this. Like, does this yeah. feel warm? No. It's cold, but he does this on purpose. He wants the stoic feeling, like the philosopher stoicism. Yeah, it feels like something I would have seen like in a chemistry class or something. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he has 1.6 million followers. You know, it's just interesting. I'm going to use Gabby Bernstein as another example that I just thought of. It's important to know these people, I think, aren't quite like who I seem like think about like the next iteration of your brand and your business. I don't know if you're aspired to be like Gabby Bernstein necessarily. <laughs> you know, she's got a huge platform and doesn't do well coaching or anything like that. But like, it's just random. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing too. I was like, you look like Mel Robbins. Yes. Yeah. Let's do her. But what I love about her is, first of all, I feel like it's valuable content and it's real. Some words that really are coming up for like, how do I want it to feel? I want it to feel authentic. I want it to feel warm and valuable. It seems like you also want cohesive though, too. Yes, that is important to me. And here's probably a big reason why. My sister-in-law, her name is Dina Rudder. Oh, do you know? Together. So we went to Katie's thing together. Never put that together, even though (laughs) it makes sense. We both have the same last name, right? I'm like shocked. I know Dina. Okay. Yes. So I always have Dina's, like her voice in the back of my head. And I remember her, like, when I very first started, she's like, okay, you need to have, as you pull up this on your Instagram so that it looks like this. And yeah. that actually stressed me out. It didn't serve me well at all. So I let that one go. That I have to do, like, every other one or, like, so that every third one is something. I just, like, let that go. And I just like beautiful things. Like, I do appreciate beauty. And so I want it to feel beautiful, too. Yeah. I'll show you one of my coaches off of Like, I think beautiful is important, like, this is her feed. There's just so many different ways to do it. Isn't that a cool? That's like fetching out an awesome vibe. Yeah. But there's just so many. Okay. This is the other one I was going to show you because she's not someone that I necessarily buy from, but I think her brand is, I'm like fascinated. It breaks my brain. She like breaks all the rules in my mind. Yes. But she's super successful, right? Like look at how random this is. Yes. Well, there's a woman that I follow Sharon.a.life. And she's so real and so authentic. I always like do that little mind blown. Like, yes. Wow. And the fact that you're so vulnerable on here, like she does crazy stuff that I'm like, oh, yeah. You follow Lisa Mears? No. She's yeah. so creative, like her little things that she says. And right. 
I want to be mindful because it's not necessarily like this is the goal, like be a million followers, but I think it gives you insight to what you want to create. Authenticity sounds important. Like I have a feeling like maybe you talking is going to be part like reels of you sharing wisdom with your face because that came up a few times in the accounts that you like, just visual Canva template type stuff. Yeah. Actually, that's what just happened because the girl who was helping me just had a baby. And so I was kind of like, oh, I just got you my own stuff. So if you go to mine right now, you'll see like just the last couple of all in my face because I was like, this is what's easiest for me. And it feels most like it is me. And this is what's so interesting. I'm like, it's you. And especially as a one-on-one coach, that's what we're after. We want them to be like, oh, this is Kristen. Like, I like how she talks. I feel safe when she's describing something. See, and it's beautiful. I would just like a little bit more simplified. Like I could just pick like a couple of templates that fill. I think she's done a fine job, but it's not quite what I was envisioning. But these like talking things are fine. I don't know. Yes. Well, I've done a ton of talking things. And what's funny is like, remember, like we build a coaching business one by one. So the fact that 513 people, you have plenty of people. I know growing an audience is something we always do. It's not like we stop growing. But the other thing is like, is the content leading to what you want it to lead to? I think is the next question, not just the aesthetic or just the vibe. Yeah. And that's why I almost feel like, I think me talking, that's who I am. That's what I'm going to talk about. Like, okay, I just got home from teaching this class. Why not get on and talk for 90 seconds about having a grounding exercise in your life somehow? In my opinion, it's like the easiest way to create content is like what you're already teaching, what you're already coaching on. Almost every time I get off of the call, if I would just take 10 seconds afterwards to be like, I'm a very visual person too. And so I use a lot of like when I'm teaching, I have a story or some kind of analogy that kind of creates a mental picture that I use. And I'm like, why don't I just get on and talk about that after? I guess my thought was, is this too much of my face? <laughs> That's what no, I was it's like. not too much of your face. Like we just looked at a few other people that have a lot of face. Like I was going to show you totally not your niche, but lots of his face. I think if there's anything that really is so easy for us to say, like, this is my personal brand, it is your face. No True. one can get that from you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's singularly yours. And so I think showing your face and as a coach, just in general, like, it's important to show your face. And I think, too, it feels to me like I don't want to use filters. Not that I think they're wrong. Even though like it's kind of funny as I'm looking at like when we pulled it up and it's on my computer this big and I see my face that many times. I was like, oh, I always make sure my hair is done. I always make sure I have makeup on. Like, I'm not to the Mel Robbins point yet. Yeah. And I don't think you have to be. I don't have to be. Yes. And I'm definitely not doing that. (laughs) But she made $70 million. Like, you know, like she's successful. Does she represent what you want to represent? Maybe not. But I think there's a bajillion different ways. Actually, there's 8 billion different ways to show up online, right? Like, I think the goal isn't to be like anyone else. We talked about like looking at what did you like about all these accounts that resonated and how can you bring it into your own understanding and then be you. And if you don't want to be filtered, don't be. I think there's part of me that does want to be filtered, but I'm like, I'm kind of fighting against that. I'm like, no. And if you wanted to have your hair nice, that's okay. (laughs) I also would be fine with not. Is that, let me think if that's true. Yeah, I guess I just feel like I kind of want to show up also a little bit professional. Not that it has to be, but right now I want to show up like I'm here. I have the same kind of, I don't know. That's an interesting one, huh? 
but you always know it's hers. It's very clearly hers. And it's a lot of interesting ideas, but like her fix isn't here. But this is my question. Like, do you have any desire to hire her one-on-one? No. I'd, or I like I'm to. I'm not sure who she is. Like, it feels a little sterile. I follow her. I love her content. But I think it's fascinating. And yeah. they don't have this like strong desire to like be in her life. I'll show you a coach that I'm working with right now. I'm working with Jen Kennedy. And like, she really resonates with me. Ooh, it, I love hers. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, but like she shows her face and like she felt way more compelling to me. And so I think even though we're using a lot of different accounts to like get to the same idea, at the end of the day, you also go, and I'm a one-on-one coach and I want to work with people personally. I don't just want a million followers, you know what I mean? Which is like, I'm not the one to teach you how to make a bajillion followers online. Like that's not my thing because we looked at my, I think I have like 2,000 something. But I have a multiple six-figure business. I do a lot of one-on-one coaching. And so it's like, you just have to know what you're trying to create. I love that you want to put your face out there. You want it to feel really authentic because like that makes sense for one-on-one. Feeling like that's the only way I could do it. Like that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. And just to, you guys know I talk about Steve Hardison all the time. This man charges $200,000 a year and he has a wait list of like through next year. And what is even that? And what is this? Like, this total randomness, right? The most random collaboration of content because he doesn't use content to sign clients. What does he do? Like, I'm just curious. It works like a madman. Like, he is in very personal and like, so his network. Like, he coached Steve Chandler. He also coached Iyanla. So that's Oprah's life coach. He coached the CEO of, it used to be, I think, Infusionsoft, and now it's Keep. When I get stuck, I remind myself of this. I'm like, okay, at the end of the day, one-on-one clients aren't always created from content. I have used content to create relationships, but it doesn't have to be this most beautiful thing. Yes. It can, but I think it just takes the pressure off a little bit. Yeah. Okay, can I ask you one other question? Yeah. So when I was thinking about this, when you started talking about long format, medium format, and short format. I was just like, I guess you could start anywhere on that. You could either do short and it inspires to long, or you could do long and dissect it down to short. I was just wondering if you have a preference, like how do you typically do it or how much do you repurpose? Like, I'm like, are people going to get sick of kind of hearing the same? Yeah. So I go both ways, which I think is helpful for everyone to know. So like, as an example, this became a podcast. It was not the other way around. I was like, this people really like. It really resonated. Like, this is really high for me. 77 people liked it and it was shared and people saved it. And I got tons of comments. Yeah. I actually need to respond to some of Whoops. I feel embarrassed now because I try to respond to all my comments. So I pinned it, which I think you should take that away too. Like, pin your popular things. Okay, that was one example that I went from short form to long term, which is healthy too. But I also go the other way a lot, where it's like I have this big idea for a podcast and then I break it down into posts too. So I think it goes both ways. But in general, I am just like always creating. So I don't try to make it right or wrong. I don't try to like, we've talked about this before, where my brain isn't always like A, B, C, D. And instead of trying to make my brain be A, B, C, D, I'm like, I am just going to do my own process. Sometimes it's a lot of content like this. And sometimes it's a long podcast. And 
sometimes it's my post inspires my podcast and sometimes my podcast inspires my post and like that is okay i just stop judging my way to do it mm-hmm. and i love that because that really does ring true to me is like i need to be able to have that intuition just flow through me and i just need to create as it comes and i just want to capture things as they come yes and i love this idea like now that i'm aware like when i have long content break it down when i have a short content can i build it out I think that's just really helpful. And can I just like tell you the one thing that I loved about this is when you said, fall in love with this process. So just love this. I'm like, I think I could choose to love this. This is your job. I'm like, this is the best job on the planet. I get to read books and then share things. I'm thinking about like, I couldn't think of a better career for myself. I think you resonate. Like I get paid to be a student to consolidate and capture what I learn and then share it with other people in the hopes that it serves them. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. So I think balancing consuming with creation. So one of the things that was helpful for me is to start looking at what I'm reading as research. Like, okay, like when I read a book, like I'm reading this book right now, God Works Through Faith, which is good. But like, I have a plan for how I'm going to use this. In fact, I'm going to be sharing this book at the retreat that I'm hosting. So it's like, I have a purpose behind what I'm consuming. I have a plan for it. That's actually how content is always so easy for me. It's like, well, I just read this and I could use that idea with this idea and then have my own idea. So I love this. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. That was really good. I appreciate it. Annie, did you have a question? I may even kind of quiet. And if you can't come on, it's okay. No question. Just listening. Like, I think my biggest thing is when I'm like, I got to show my face more. And I really, really struggle with that. So <laughs> Yeah. And I think if all you wanted was to grow a platform of people who wanted like fitness tips and ideas and content, you would be doing great. But I think if you actually want people to come into like a tight knit, close container, right, there has to be some element of like, it feels like I'm FaceTiming my friend. Like you get so familiar. I don't have a great word of advice on how to get over it, but exposure therapy is very powerful. Just doing it, even if you hate it. I wish... Like, this is so bad. I'm going to tell you what I used to do. I used to go back. I remember the first time I did this was with Jody Moore. I scrolled back all the way to the beginning of her podcast. And it wasn't that good. And it made me feel better about starting my podcast. I was like, oh, everyone starts somewhere. I did the same thing on Instagram. I'd be like, well, what did they used to look like? I go all the way down to the bottom of their feed. Like, oh, they weren't that good when they got started. And so I was like, I can start here. I know it's not like amazing mindset work, but like that is literally what I did because it helped me normalize like I'm not going to look how I look. I never watch my content and I don't listen to my podcast because it gets me like spiraling. So I just create it and I look at the data, but I don't listen to it again. I've never listened to my own podcast ever. It does not help me. I'm in my mind. I'm judging. So I just don't do it. I look at my data. I look for feedback from my clients. I'm like, okay, like they like this. I'll create more of this. So that might be helpful, too. It's like, don't rewatch your video at the beginning. I don't know. That's what worked for me. Yeah, that's good. I kept thinking, like, I know my pillars. I know what to talk about. I feel like I have that nail pretty well. Well, I don't know. Maybe I don't. But I feel like I do, you know. Then turning it into like, okay, now how do I talk about this on a video? Just funny because podcasting is easier for me. And my podcast episodes are mostly pretty short. I mean, they're like 10, 15 minutes on the long side, you know. But I feel like that's maybe part of my problem with content in general is that most of my posts tend to be really, really long. And I'm like, oh, I need to shorten some of this kind of stuff. I have a lot to say about it, clearly. But 
So what's helpful here is like, I could turn this into a podcast. What's one idea from this long thing? Do you mind if I pull up your content? Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So like, if I was going to like look at yours right now on your fitness account, right? That was a good one. So the one I just looked at, the three alternatives to food tracking, when mm-hmm. I threw it, this is just medium form content. What you could do is turn that into a whole podcast and go into more detail on each one. Is there like a post in particular that you're thinking of that was like too much? My thing is that I feel like most of my posts end up being more of the carousel format. And I feel like, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I'm like, maybe people don't really even want that long of information. I don't know. It's all in my head. I have nothing to base it off of, really. I don't get a ton of interaction on my business account. Like my stories get more interaction than like a post. Yeah. So I don't know. I have nothing to base it off of, I guess. I just feel like. Yeah. It's more of this. I know that you don't want to do it, but you talking or something that's like, this can only be from Annie is what we're after, right? Because in the sea of fitness coaches, your face is yes. out compared to other fitness coaches. Even if your content, what you're teaching is the same, like macros, habit, nutrition, working out, the content might be the same as everyone else's, but no one can take your face yet. AI might introduce some interesting <laughs> in general, right? Like you're safe. And I think too, just hearing your voice, sharing stories. Like I think I saw this on, I don't know if you guys follow Simone Soul, but she's like a lot of why people buy is like subconscious, right? Like you shared a story about your eight-year-old boy and I have an eight-year-old boy. So immediately I feel connected to you. Or it's like, I like the color blue. And I like the color blue, you know? It isn't always just adding value. It's also all the connection points we offer people, which is why personal brands are so powerful. I share a story about my seven-year-old daughter and why I'm teaching her or whatever. And it resonates differently for a mom who has young kids, even though it's like it could apply to lots of things that if some connection we share, now I'm way more real for you. So it's something to consider talking with yeah. yourself about your stories and not judging yourself for however it looks in the beginning. I'd add it to your little roundup of content that you create. Yeah. It's always on my list of like, I need to do this and then I don't do it. <laughs> yeah, And that's okay. I think having a compelling reason why, why would you want to show your face? You literally saying it like to yourself. It's like, so that I can connect with real people. I'm doing it so I'm connecting to real people who want to work with me, where they are going to see my face in a Zoom room every week. First step. If that doesn't resonate, like find something that does. Something that's no, I mean, I think that's the thing, like as you're going through those different Instagram accounts and you said like, you know, here's this person's account and like, do you want to work with it? Like, it's great information, but yes. do you want to work with her? No, we don't know who she is. Right? You want to follow? But like actually sending someone a DM, I might even DM a big account, but it'd be like, this is a great post. Not like in a really connected way. So especially for one-on-one coaching, it's like how we bridge the gap, right? Is like that connection. And you can do it so many different ways. It's not just showing your face. I think your face is like an essential part. You don't have to do it all the time, but I would rotate it in even just like once a week. Create a little reel of you talking or a selfie, <laughs> squeeze out of it as it is. Something that people can connect there. Yeah, that's good. Okay, thank you. Hey, thanks, Annie. All right, you guys. I'll see you next time. Okay.